0: Hello beautiful people, you're listening to the full uncut version of episode 7 of Unboxed.
1: Before we get into the episode, we just want to encourage you to follow the podcast and check out our other episodes now available on Spotify, iTunes, and Anchor.
2: If you want, leave us a 5-star rating and review.
1: Also, to stay updated, follow us on social media at our Instagram and Facebook at Unboxed Show to keep updated on what's happening behind the scenes and future things to come.
0: And of course, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel to see us discuss these
3: topics.
1: Finally, we'd love to hear more from you guys. So start emailing us, anything at all, whether you have feedback on the show itself or questions you'd like to see us discuss, hit us up on unboxshow at gmail.com and we will definitely respond 100% guaranteed.
0: (laughs) Okay, now to the episode. (laughs) <laughs> of course
4: That's what
5: I'll say
0: If it's better yeah, probably, You guys this probably is... like Taylor
2: Swift yeah, You know saying, what's actually,
4: You what? hate Beyoncé. What? I, yo, I, that's one thing I'll never No
0: <laughs> It might be nice. I love Beyonce <laughs> Like go on this side because you guys are like you have the darker sweaters on and then it's like all oh, right here. I'm just saying the lighter might catch I'm just a little. Oh, so me and you.
1: Mean you'll yeah, see you it. want to, they, yeah. You can move over, Tindure. Yeah.
0: Don't
1: be afraid of me.
5: Yeah, then I go over there. <laughs> wow. We're not attached to that. I, mean, I mean, think mean,
0: colorism. I mean, wow, I just put all the shots in the corner. No, no, it actually like makes it look like. Is
5: it like, foundation? Oh, oh funny. wow, that's what yeah. you meant by lighter and darker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. And now, this, this, like, this is crazy
4: Jesus.
1: Yo. All
3: right.
1: Ready to go 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Unbox. My name is David, I'm your host today And we will be talking about Growing up in an immigrant family, or also just our personal experiences uh, living as immigrants in um, foreign society. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to introduce our awesome panelists here today.
2: Hello, I'm Shadow.
5: Lillian. <laughs> I'm Tunji.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> My name
6: is
1: RM. What's up? I'm your...
6: Hi, I'm Tigist.
1: And I, as I said before, I'm your host, David. So. Yeah, I just wanted to start the conversation um, with us talking about our personal experiences, um, making that adjustment, so living in um, a society where we uh, were different, but also having um, our backgrounds be of, I think we're all here, of African descent. Um, So how did we navigate that? What sorts of, um, can you speak from personal experience in in how you, you made
4: that adjustment? Uh, I guess I'll go yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I grew up in an Ethiopian-Canadian household. My beautiful parents—shout out to Abayisha and they immigrated from Ethiopia to Vancouver in the late or mid-to-late '80s, and you know, I grew up in a very uh, proud Ethiopian household. I've always been very proud to be Ethiopian, to be Abisha, to be Black, um, but I also grew up in a Canadian in a Canadian environment, and it was really difficult navigating that because you know a really humorous example would be uh every year when halloween would come around my brother abel and i would have to you know vehemently argue with our parents and convince them that if i went as batman and if my brother went as superman then we're not celebrating satan's birthday we're just like we want some candy it's not that deep but, you know, um, it's, it, 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 that in itself was, you know, I think it's like a, a prime example of what it's like growing up in, with the dichotomy of two very different cultures. One that's very westernized and one that's very, you know, this, embodies a traditional African upbringing. And um, I'm 24 years old now. Sounds super crazy for me to say that out loud. But it's really interesting how, you know, I'm a young black man and I'm still trying to navigate it at this point in my life. I don't know if uh you know I don't know honestly I don't know if I'll ever get to the point where I'm gonna say all right I get it I'm this much Canadian and this much Ethiopian or Abishap but it's something that uh I, I navigate when you know and I have been navigating since I grew up in predominantly white churches and a predominantly white Christian private high school mm-hmm. and it's, it was really difficult in and, and really finding my identity and um yeah it's, it's it was difficult a journey but it was
5: difficult yeah. yeah i also think that there's definitely um benefits to you know growing up with with parents that are immigrants like uh like my parents um weren't like fresh off the boat you know what i'm saying like they they were in canada for a while before they had me but they definitely um they definitely instilled in me like prince like so for example like when people come from another country over here they have a just a great, great understanding of the opportunities that are here in a place like Canada or the United States, and that 's definitely something that I have is um, as opposed to like you know the people that I probably grew up with in in high school and even universities like I just sort of like had an innate understanding of like you know it 's not this good for everybody, and so like if you have an opportunity, you should definitely take advantage. Um, Another thing that was instilled for me from being from, like, an immigrant background is, like, respect for authority. (laughs) Like, that was huge. Especially coming up in school, I saw some kids, like, yelling at the teachers and saying the teachers hated them and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, I don't know. Like, that's my teacher. I'm going to respect them even even if they're being, you know, not the best person. Like, that's just... That's just what you grow up with. Like, you know, if there's someone's older than you, you just you just respect them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, now looking back on it, like, I, I probably, you know, b- would see how, like, kids would complain about certain people. But, like, yeah, but all that to say, like, you know, that's definitely a struggle navigating through two cultures. But, like, there's definitely positives that come with it because you... Because it just gives you sort of like a more well-rounded, I think, perspective and yeah. world view.
1: So. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I think when you're growing up as an, as an immigrant, it's a very complicated um, status to be in because you have to manage that aspect of, okay, I want to hold on to my roots. I want to yeah. um, try to adapt and live somewhat comfortably yeah. in this um, <laughs> foreign land, you know, quote unquote. Um, but then also you have to appreciate um, the opportunity in some sense that you, you're being given. There are many who would love to be in this position where we're from, many who would love to live here. Um, and so was that something, and this, could, this is a general question, is that something that um, you had that internal realization of, I need to do the best I can in these circumstances? Or was that something that was impressed on you by family, parents, etc.
0: Um, So my my experience is a little bit different in that I moved here when I was about 16 years old. Um, And so I already had a world set for me and, um, you know, just a different life. Um, I am Eritrean and I was born in Eritrea, but I grew up uh, moving around between Eritrea, Uganda, and Dubai. And so my experience uh, growing up includes all these three different countries and very different cultures uh, beliefs, religion and all of that and so I was pre-informed of like what I was getting myself into Um, however the experience was very very different in that I was not only hearing about the society that I was going to be part of but I was experiencing um, you know what it's like to be a black woman in a space that's all like white, Asian, or like brown, it's so just very different for me, mm-hmm. and so that was very, very hard. But uh, the one thing that I always think about is, um, would I have these opportunities back home? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I have to think in like, what was my goal for me, like for coming here, or what was what was my goal for my parents to bring me here? And so, mentally, like mentally and emotionally, it's. It's not a place that I would rather be here. It's, I'd rather be back home. When I think about oh, my emotional yeah. and mental health yeah. well-being, mm-hmm. I'd rather be back home mm-hmm. where I am more comfortable leading a life,
2: mm-hmm.
0: being the person that I am, coming from the culture that I come from. So mentally and emotionally, I think the goal of like me being the healthiest person that I can be, that goal can only be achieved when I leave when I when I move back home mm-hmm. um, however when I think of the opportunities what because we do live in a very capitalist society and so when I think about like you know um, my goals in terms of like my longevity in this world um, maybe my kids my grandkids and all of these things because the reason my parents brought me here is for a better life because mental health is not something I'll really talk about. So that wasn't part of, you know, the equation. However, when I think about all these materialistic, um, you know, when I I think about, you know, the, the goals that I have, the physical goals that I have, I think this is... A place where I can see myself thrive Mm -hmm. more than I would back home because I am a woman I come from a place that might not grant me these opportunities so I think about that but there's along the way there's so many obstacles that other people in the same society might not face Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the way I would face them and so yeah that's
1: great I wanted you to go there
0: yeah so like there's just so many different obstacles even Mm -hmm. though I say there's so many opportunities I become. I can become this I can go to this school I can do this and that and that however these things were meant for other people they were not meant for me exactly. yeah. and so I am aiming for a goal that was meant for other people yeah. that could benefit me still yeah. however there's not a paved way for mm-hmm. me to be able to achieve those especially in Vancouver and so You know, having experienced the journey as what some of your parents might have um, coming with, you know, being able to speak English, being able to um, my my personalities, I'm very outgoing and having all these things that would make me a little bit more privileged than than our than your parents would have been. It's still a struggle where I'm like, Mm. okay, um, not only is the question where I fit in comes in, but also how the hell do I get to this place because my parents are here. I am here. I I need to know my purpose. Like, am I being too weak-minded? Why am I not achieving this? Because I have this and blah, blah, blah. So it's a very hard mental struggle. So the way I separate it is like, okay, for me to be able to achieve these goals, I have to let go of, like, parts of me. And that's very hard. You know what I mean? And so I you know, I categorize my problems, I categorize my my goals, and so it's easier for me to say, okay, like, emotionally and mentally, this is not a place for me. Mm -hmm. So maybe when I hit my goal, my physical goal, where I wanna earn this amount of money, I wanna earn this degree, maybe when I reach that, God willing, I reach that, mm-hmm. <laughs> being able to like, you know, mentally, all of that, being able to achieve that. And so once I reach that, maybe then I can think about my mental health mm-hmm. because the society that I live in does not grant me the time to be like, OK, let me focus on this. That way I can focus on that mm-hmm. because a I don't have lots of time. Being a woman, I don't have a lot of time to be like, okay, I can do this and blah blah blah. I can start a family, all of these things. Be my, I come from an immigrant family, and so they need to see the result of their hard work. Yeah,
1: I'm so glad you you took it there because I think that we deal with a lot of pressure um, yeah. coming from immigrant families mm-hmm. of, you know, knowing mm-hmm. how people are living back where we're from, mm-hmm. and but I think in a sense we're being I want to say it's being we're being misled, but. There 's this idea in North America that no matter you, you, all you have to do is work hard, yeah. work as hard as you can, and you can achieve what yeah. you want to achieve there's, yeah. there's a dream and you just have to put in all the work yeah. but and you know maybe our parents have bought into that dream and have impressed that on us yeah. as, as younger people, but then at the same time, um, how do we explain to them that that we realize that not everyone has the same path, not everyone has the same opportunity to reach where you want to reach and we have to work a little bit harder to get yeah. there. So yeah. how do you communicate that to them? And like you say, you have to let go of parts of yourself.
0: I, like, I feel like I'm talking too much, but one of the things that I had to like, learn was that because I myself, I am the immigrant, it's not only my parents. Yes. So I see what it's like back home and I see what it's like now. Mm-hmm. And so there's a part of me that says, you can work hard, if you really want it. You can suck it up in that office, you can suck it up in that classroom, work hard. But like I said, there's a part of me that I have to let go. And the part of you that you have to let go is what your parents can't see because they haven't been given the opportunity to see it as something important and that's your mental health. Mm -hmm. Because you can go so far working hard, you can go so far sucking it up, you know it can be in the office it can be the classroom whatever it is there's some we're humans we mm-hmm. are social beings so we adhere to so many things that people tell us mm-hmm. or what we're taught to believe of of ourselves mm-hmm. that we can only reach so far mm-hmm. and so i'm in that position where i'm like i realize all these things but where do i go from here mm-hmm. because my experience is not like so many other people mm-hmm. because vancouver is not you know it's not it doesn't have a lot of people so I feel like I see both parts where I'm like, you can work as hard as you can, but there's so much you can go.
5: Yeah, I I think also, like, there's a lot of times with us, with our parents, there's, like, a a few, like, communication barriers, like, huge communication barriers sometimes that you have to get over because they come from different generations and they also come from different life experiences, right? So, for example, when, like, for a lot of our parents, like, like when you when you say hard work, if you come from a second or third world country, that means that you're working hard, that means you're physically doing something with your body. That means if you're working hard, that means at the end of the day you're coming back, you're exhausted, you're tired, and you like push through because you have other responsibilities. Yeah. But like where like where we grow up, working hard can mean I'm spending two hours two hours working on my Instagram videos that I'm in. like I'm planning the posts and everything. That's putting out a lot of content, but it doesn't yeah. appear like it
1: doesn't, it to, it doesn't look the same yeah,
5: like true. spending a bunch of time like watching you know like denzel washington and will smith i'm studying the film but i'm not like doing stuff physically with my body my parents are seeing is just me on the couch like you know just, <laughs> just just like all like this it looks really lazy granted right so yeah. um that's a huge that's that's a huge thing it's just like no like this is what i'm doing like there is a plan in place it's just i know it doesn't look like yeah. you know I'm working hard, but I am. And like, I'm, I'm doing more than most, but you know, it's a, uh, that's a tough thing to explain sometimes. Yeah.
2: I think also a big part of it is we have expectations from our parents, but we also have societal expectations being in this part of the world, or at least I feel like I experienced that. Like even in the area of um, losing, so to speak, a part of yourself, I can kind of relate to that because I've noticed that in, in certain circles, I can't show every side of myself. Yeah. It's either I'm the educated black woman or I'm the artistic black woman mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever else. And it's like, it's hard for people to, because a lot of people haven't been exposed to black women, black men, and educated black men, black men in general, and especially in a place like Vancouver, they don't really know what to expect when they meet you, Absolutely. so it's easier to put you in, like, in a certain box of understanding, yeah. and mm-hmm. so it becomes, there's a pressure there for you as well to be like, okay, but who who am I? When do mm-hmm. I get to actually be who I really want yeah. to be? Mm-hmm. And then on the side of, like, parents and stuff, you know, we all know this, the efforts that it took them to come here, so I guess, like, for myself, I think... A lot of times in my mind, at the back of my mind, am I making them proud if I make certain decisions and things like that? But at the same time, it's like Mm -hmm. they brought us here for a reason to get more opportunities. Mm -hmm. But then we're also paving the way for future generations that will have better opportunities because we're breaking more glass ceilings and then they'll get to break more. Mm -hmm. So it's like, is there really a path? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a matter of, figuring out figuring it out as you go along mm-hmm. and then hopefully we can help like the next generation of people but and mental health i definitely agree is is so important because i find that a lot of black people struggle with depression struggle with anxiety because there's that feeling of like oh i want to be the best that i can be but at the same time you're so concerned about what everybody else thinks about you what your parents mm-hmm. think about you what your culture mm-hmm. thinks about you so yeah
1: <laughs> well, I I, I, I want to challenge the, the idea of, um, you know, working hard and as, achieving a certain thing to make your parents proud and all of that because I think that um, we've all fallen into this unfortunate place of living our lives for our parents. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, when does that stop? And when do we start <laughs> living for ourselves? Um, because I think a big question that we have to answer is that Okay, I have all these degrees. I have this great job. Um, I have a path. I have you know that. But am I happy?
0: Mm-hmm. Right, and that's the big yeah. question: Are you
1: happy? And if you're not happy, why is that? And are you prioritizing your happiness? Are you prioritizing your parents' happiness? Mm-hmm. So how do we? How do you? How do you struggle with that?
4: Um, you know, this <coughs> Aram. Like I don't know if I could have put it in a better way. Um, and having to, you know, kind of get rid of certain elements of yourself in order to survive, in order to cope. Uh, my parents worked so hard. Like, they're, they're my role models. The Avengers aren't my superheroes. and My parents are my superheroes. <laughs> you know, they immigrated from Ethiopia, and they had, like, a, a dime in their pockets, and I, I've seen them work so hard to get where they are. Now they have this nice home in Cloverdale. You know, they, they have the careers that they wanted to get. They have to go back to school, back to training, to get the careers they wanted. And so growing up, I've always idolized my parents, and I, I, I saw how hard they worked, and I always had this you know, profound desire to just please them, Mm -hmm. you know, to make them happy, like, Mm -hmm. um, and I remember just in the past couple of years, just that, that desire was intensified and strengthened, and I remember just, you know, my parents for, like, you know, as I became a young man, my mom and dad were, like, hey, like, you know, we're proud of you, because they saw how, how much pressure I put on myself, even though they always let me know how proud they were of me, and how, you know, how much they love me, and, you know, my brother and my sister always told me how much they're proud of me, but for some reason, I, I wanted to make them proud, and I wanted to really, mm. like, go above and beyond for my parents, you know? Mm. Um, and in addition to that, I, I just remember, you know, going to an all-white Christian school and not being taken seriously or just literally <laughs> been looking at it as a caricature. Mm. And, you know, I, I'm a young black man who loves hip-hop and who loves, you know, culture, but I love literature, and I grew up on Shakespeare, and I, I, I reading is my escape. And so, mm. you know, I... I always felt like there was a chip on my shoulder, especially with a lot of comments made to me in high school, that, like, oh, like, you're smart for, like, a black kid, and I know it's so corny, and I can't believe I'm saying it God. on me, but, like, that's something that was always, you know, that I always felt like, and that there was, like, a mold I needed to break, and I needed to be twice as better as the other kids just to be looked at as a smart kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I remember... <laughs> the yes. last... The last two semesters of my undergrad, and I'm not, you know, boasting. I'm telling you guys. I promise you. I'll nah, do it. Then, let's listen. You know, mean, no, no, no. no. <laughs> the last two semesters of my undergrad, I got a 4.0 GPA. Hey, let's talk. It's not, but I still realized that, like, there's, it wasn't enough. Like, there was something else I needed to. And my mom and dad, you know, we always have been best friends and I really appreciate that but that was a strain on our relationship because they're like you're enough you also like why are you Mm -hmm. what are you like looking for Mm -hmm. I remember like in terms of my mental health like I remember just uh um always just looking at my parents and imagining them perceiving me as somebody who needs to get good grades and needs to have a good job and that's all they viewed me as Mm -hmm. and I remember um okay it's gonna be hard for me to talk about but I remember like last year my brother got murdered yeah. And then I remember, like, getting the phone call and going to the hospital and and uh, coming home from the hospital. And I remember it was my cousin Jordy and my cousin Humdi. Sorry. <clears throat> I remember, like, we were in the car and we were coming home. And, uh, you know, like, i community. I love them so much, but sometimes they say things that are, like, they don't get, like, the ramifications of what they can say. And mm-hmm. I remember the first thing they told me was... Um, you know, my parents were in the car, and my sister was getting in the car, and Jordy and Hamdi were like helping me get in the car. And another Bisha member came and he said, Hey, like, you're the man of the house, you're not allowed to cry from your parents.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And we had just gotten from the hospital where, like, my brother just passed. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, you know, a couple days passed, and I'm telling that to my dad, I'm telling that to my mom, and they were mortified, and they're like, Oh my god, bro you need to be yourself. Like forget everything, forget school, forget these expectations, like we love you. Mm -hmm. And we want you to be okay, like that's the number one thing. And I mean, I always knew my parents wanted to be okay. And I I guess like subconsciously, we all know how much our parents love us. But that was the first moment I realized that, oh, like I am loved by my parents and I should love myself. And that I am an intelligent young black kid and we're all intelligent young black kids. we don't need to prove that yeah.
2: mm-hmm. there's
4: nothing to prove there's mm-hmm. nothing to there's no bar that we need to you know it's, it's great that we raise the bar we are excellent so we typically do it naturally but mm-hmm. we don't need to keep proving that to ourselves so we can we can be who we are mm-hmm. and I remember that was mm-hmm. such a definitive You know, in the most horrible moments of my life mm-hmm. that was such a beautiful mm-hmm. moment because it made me realize that oh like mm-hmm. You know, my parents just don't expect me to be a a great A plus hit maker, or like just mm-hmm. to come home with a good mm-hmm. grade and a nice, you know, Abasha young woman and have kids. And like, like they, I'm a human first, mm-hmm. and I, I, uh, that made me realize that you know it's great to to challenge ourselves and to be very hardworking and to um, be ambitious. Like, let's do that. Let's be mm-hmm. that. But we have mm-hmm. to remember that. Um, we don't have to prove anything to anyone
5: dude that's it's so crazy that you're saying this right now because uh, me and Shetty were just having this conversation yesterday about like how like the 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 consequences of being in that mindset of needing to prove needing to prove especially as a black person in a white world because like mm-hmm. okay like let's go off of my experience like you know like only black kid in my drama class similar sort of thing, you know, like being like, you know, being the black kid and like you know you kinda like go along with it because like you know it gets people like yeah. you know, I like attention, like you know, so like you know, people think I'm funny when I do the black jokes. But like if that time, like if another black dude had like walked into that drama class and he was like naturally like funnier than me and all mm-hmm. that and he was a better actor than me. that would have like completely messed me up yeah because like because i'm in that mindset of like okay like what sets me apart is like i'm got to be the best of what they
0: exactly know. i'm the, yeah.
5: exactly i gotta be the best of what they know and so like and, and like at the time like i had no idea but like looking back on that time i'm like yo like i was like and um and uh it, it you know and you, it, it took a while to sort of like get out of that mentality that like you said of like just having to prove yourself and like um, uh, uh, trying to prove yourself and trying to be uh, something for other people before you become something for yourself or this thing for yourself like mm-hmm. you know like you know as an actor you know I put all this like I was doing like the improv comedy circuit in Vancouver so like, you know I got to be the dude that inspires like young black improvisers do this this and that blah 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 but like you know eventually I had to come to the point where I realized like hold on like, like I'm not getting as much like respect around here as i should be like you know like let me let me and like that was finally when i made the decision to like just take control of my own thing and do it and like figure out okay like what do i want to do with this like you know what i mean so it's just i i just had to say that because it's so that's (laughs) exactly what we were saying yesterday of like yo like the the mentality that a lot of us have of like needing to prove things whether it's for our parents or whether it's for white people or for anybody it's just like so, we need to like get rid of
4: that and I don't want to impede on anybody and I'll be quick but you know Ariam was talking about You know the vexations that she that she has and that are very nuanced to black women. I'm not a black woman. I'm a black man, right? And so I hope I don't come across as saying like, oh, you know, you don't have to prove anything to anyone, because there's some things, there's some shit you're gonna have to go through that I'm not gonna have to go through ever, right? So I'm not belittling the vexations and the the trials and tribulations that black women have to go through, but like hearing you have to say that and like and just looking at the other black women on this table, like. Y'all don't need to prove anything to anyone either. You I, know have, what I mean? But
6: like at the same time it's like I yeah. feel the longest time I felt like I had to be not only like a representation yeah. of my family, but like a representation of Black women, like mm-hmm. everything. There's like yeah. so much that I thought I had to do, and like that, like kind of like I was. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going into teaching. That's something that. Not necessarily. It's not a doctor, it's not a lawyer, it's not something that my parents it's are. It's, it's, it's still amazing. Yeah. And for me, like the longest I'm having to always explain why I wanted to do it. And now I don't feel the need to do it. I'm just saying like it makes me happy and that's something I want to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like with all of us like more listening, everyone kinda <laughs> had that moment and at the same time a lot of people don't have that opportunity. And so like for them, like and then those who just kinda follow the line and kinda get lost in that. I think that's where mental health is becoming a huge issue because then mm-hmm. that's something that they won't understand until later on. Right. And so like I feel like when I finally realize I don't have to I don't have to work myself to the point where I have to be someone I'm not, I think that's a very important thing that like it took me
0: a while to get there. I think sorry, I was just no, gonna go say instead of I not that I have the answer for you guys but the fact that we feel like we have to prove ourselves mm-hmm. is because we have to work twice as hard yeah. so you're not you not that you have to prove yourself but in order for you to get into anything that the white people the Asian people mm-hmm. the brown people have you have to get that 4.1 mm-hmm. GPA yeah. unfortunately and so when I like you know look at the careers that we're in and like how we have to justify that how we have to justify it to our parents because we are in a position where you know there's like this is the this is you there's the opportunity there's your community your people your parents and everything there's so many hurdles that they can't see Mm -hmm. there's so many things you have to get here in order to survive Mm -hmm. right however all these things that you can see all these things that you have to work hard for you feel like you have to prove to these people that you are actually trying to get there but trying to get there is harder and harder every time you try to prove it to them because you lose yourself trying to explain it right, back
5: and forth
2: right. and you know what you know what's so
5: messed up yeah. messed up about like working like twice as hard to like you know trying to be like just as good as like when you work twice as hard when you work really really hard you end up becoming like a better version of yourself which doesn't fit into like what what they want you to be like what like you know like whatever like corporate world or whatever whatever opportunity you're going for like if you're working like you know this is my experience like I was working hard in a way that was like really really true to myself true to form like true Mm -hmm. to my art but that didn't look the way that in their minds was like oh this is a good this is a good performer or like this yeah. is the type, this is the type of performer that we need. Even though I uh, like, even though like I knew like, hold on, like, wait a second. Like, mm-hmm. so, um, and I'm sure that happens for like a lot of other people too. You work really hard. You, 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 do what you need to do and then you become like really skilled at this or like really practiced in this, but because it doesn't look or feel or isn't presented in the way that mm-hmm. makes, you know, the people in power feel comfortable. Right. They, they, st- they're slow to give you that opportunity. And, like, that's something that, like, a lot of, like, women go through in the corporate world. It's just, like, you know, y'all are more than qualified, but, like, you know, they'd rather have it, you know, the the boardroom, like, look a certain way. So they're like, ah, you're... Your
0: price drops down as soon as you come out to this world Mm -hmm. as a black person. So in order to make up for that price, you feel like you got to work ten times as hard.
1: And it's so difficult because it's... There's so many pressures coming from different directions Mm -hmm. where... Living in this place and being in close proximity with like a white dominant society, you're always getting that pressure of prove to us that you belong here.
2: Yeah, versus Absolutely. you
1: know looking at your roots and understanding you have to prove to your family, prove yeah. to people um, mm-hmm. who are from your your. Country or, or culture that you know, you know where you come from. So prove prove that to them, mm-hmm. and then also hand in hand with that, prove that you understand the opportunity you've been given.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: you're in in all that, in all the complexity of that, you lose yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you navigate that? Like how do you struggle with that? because I think we're all kind of young working professionals in a sense nice. um, so for younger but for younger people like I, I, I went through high school here like I went to high school with predominantly white and Asian people and I used to get the whole yeah okay yeah you, you know you're, you're smart and all of that but hey Give us a few bars, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Like you know, or like hey, you yeah. like watermelon or like, you wow. know, hey I all these right. things, right? Like And you want and you want friends oh. so you go
5: <laughs> Yeah, like like I do I do like watermelon. Exactly, exactly.
1: Like, yeah, because because that's again like prove that you belong, prove yeah. that, that you know yeah. your yeah. prove that you fit yeah. where you yeah. fit. Yeah. Um, so oh, like how, how do you how do you break through that? You know?
6: I mean, like, I didn't realize how much I bit my tongue when I was in school mm. until I left high school and I started hanging around people who were more like me. Mm. And then the conversations we were having. And then when I went back to, like, hanging out with people who I had hung out when I was a kid, mm. they would say stuff and it would just, it hits. Now I can't, I can't unhear it. Mm-hmm. And so when they're saying something, I'm questioning did they mean it in this tone or the yeah. other way? Yeah. Like when I'm with them, are they thinking a certain way about me? Are they expecting something? Mm-hmm. Like they'll say a joke or they'll stop themselves and they'll look over to see how I'm going to So it's just like yeah. certain things. And so I think like, I totally forgot where I was going to go with that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I, like, just like navigating through that. Yeah. It's just that yeah. I think a lot of times we don't notice what's been, being thrown at us until we're older. Yeah. I, and then yeah. until we're with other people that kind of show us the way as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the hypothesis.
2: Well, I think another way of navigating through these pressures is I feel like a lot of immigrant kids don't even know mm-hmm. what their identity is yeah, outside of what their problem. parents yeah. have said right. for them. Mm-hmm. So it's like let's even start from that. Let's start from, okay, taking some time to discover who you are as a person Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we choke ourselves so much and don't even give ourselves room to do that and the moment I discovered like who who I want to be Mm -hmm. it it sort of as much as balancing so many things at the same time is frustrating at the end of the day I have an end goal in mind Because I'm like, I know who I am. I know what I want to do with my life. I explain that to my parents. It's like, it gives me this assurance of like, okay, I'm working towards that. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of people don't even do that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, let's even start from there. Let's start from the kids who are constantly being pressured right now. And all the black kids that are being asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? but they don't even know, they haven't even been given the chance to just discover. Mm-hmm. Or they say, oh, you're gonna be a doctor, you're gonna be a lawyer, you're gonna be an engineer, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, uh, let's start from the, from that foundational step. And then for the people who are already sort of in the working world and stuff like that, I think a lot of people just need to take a step back. Like, are you healthy, are you happy, like what you said before, and if you're not, then take the time to actually discover like what is, what's making me anxious, what's making me feel depressed, what's making me feel worried, mm-hmm. you know?
3: I honestly think that even when you're talking about immigration and of course obviously race, gender already plays a huge role in it and it's crazy how we talk about, you know, this sort of self-fulfillment and enlightenment coming at such a huge cost. But when you think about the fact that, you know, we refer to ourselves as immigrants but, you know, when I think of all the foreigners who go back to Kenya, they're not immigrants. Mm. They are usually seen as expatriates. You know, the sense of uprooting (laughs) yourself from your home country for white people, and even now for the Chinese who are all moving to Africa, it's seen as an amazing uh, opportunity for Mm. self-discovery. You know, it's a paradise, (coughs) it's like a heaven, but it's a complete opposite for, you know, our parents and people who look like us who come from our backgrounds. For us often immigration looks like, you know, an act of survival where even the privilege of even thinking about purpose, fulfillment, or happiness is not even part of the equation. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes when you hear about or at least when I hear other different so called immigrant groups talking about they talk about like, okay, my parents suffered so I could find happiness. Mm-hmm. And for me it sounds unfair because they too deserve to find that happiness. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if they're still crippled by this idea that, you know, moving to a Western world provides stability, provides happiness, you still don't find it because my parents are black. They endure racism in Germany. Mm-hmm. Like it still happens. And then of course mm-hmm. like I grew up having to witness it, you know, um, and it doesn't really change. So the circumstances that they have to navigate the world with, we inherit that same perspective. Mm-hmm. So what are the chances that our children inherit the exact same thing mm-hmm. too? So even like the sense of immigration, or at least the sense of adventure and moving to different places and being a different person is never going to be awarded to people who look like us.
5: Yeah. Mm. Trevor Noah said something really, really similar. He said that immigrants are usually like referred to people who look a certain way, because yeah. if you think about it, Chris Hemsworth is an immigrant, mm-hmm. came here from mm-hmm. Austria, mm-hmm. we don't we see him that way really. because, <laughs> he's <up>. <laughs> 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 because he's, he's a... <laughs>
3: For I me, mean? non- Charlize, uh, yeah, okay. Tra- Charlize
5: Theron, Justin Bieber, Drake, like to the states. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're immigrants. Yeah. yeah. But because Chris Hemsworth is just like a just a just a man. <laughs> oh, you like just Chris a not... uh just, oh, just a man.
6: Yes. A man. I'm we just... don't see
5: him as an immigrant because I'm he's, a, the same. he's a white <laughs> man. Yeah, way. but he's a white man. But like, yeah. he's like yeah. that's that like, come right. on now. I was going to give Facebook credit where credit is due.
0: To your point, Sorry, I was just gonna. That, that is that is so real. That's my man. That is but... very real. I, not even that, but like the <laughs> fact that like white immigrants. I mean, yeah. you're more than okay to have your personal beef with him. <laughs> 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 but I'm just saying, like Chris Hemsworth, we're
1: calling yeah. you out right now. You're but an immigrant. I, I'm
0: <laughs> if Chris like Hemsworth is he deported, it's because of, I'm just oh. saying. Okay. Oh. I was, not in, not in I was going to say, though, um, on Shadi's uh, point, where the one thing that my mom and I... I mean, I'm very thankful for my parents being super understanding and like for me to be able to choose a career in mental health. Mm. Uh, they were mm. a huge part of that. Um, so we were talking about generational trauma. Funny enough, oh, it was yeah. my mom that brought it up. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, we're talking about how our culture, how I see things, uh, because at the end of the day, no matter how much I immigrated here, I grew up with a culture that was not mine in Uganda and Dubai. Mm-hmm. So there's like lots of things that I adhere to that were not that are not part of my parents. And so we're talking about generational trauma and like how she went through colonization, and to her, this is a better setting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you know, guns are not, you know, everywhere, blah, blah. But she understands where racism and institutional racism is like, you know, just because somebody doesn't have a gun to your face. You know, a lot of instances they do. But just because they they don't have a gun to your face does not mean they're not hurting you in other ways, Mm -hmm. you know. And, like, part of, like, being an immigrant and having all these expectations is, is that, at least I can say for my family, when I make it it's not only I'm not only making it for me. Mm-hmm. I'm making it for the community that's here. I'm making it for the community that's back home. When I make the money, it's not only for me it's for my family mm-hmm. it's for the family back home it's for the people that I represent mm-hmm. from back home. So when I work hard when I when I'm you know sleepless nights nice to study to get that degree yeah. to get that job to get all these things, I understand because I am an immigrant, that's why I'm saying that this could be just my experience when I'm working for all these things, I know I am am carrying the entire community because if I make it, it's one more person in the 1%. And so not that I have desires to be part of that 1% because that no matter how much I make it, I'm still gonna carry these identities with me and I'm still not gonna fit in. Hopefully God willing, my passion is that I will be able to create a platform that represents my needs that Mm -hmm. represents you know what i would call making it for me you know because like we're humans we're we're brought to this earth there's so many struggles we're meant to you know all these things blah blah i don't believe in like having to go through struggle to be able to make it um however we carry our own respected privileges and we carry our own respected struggles Mm -hmm. however our struggles vary in terms of our our struggles Only for ourselves, Mm. or like for the entire community, Mm. because the pressure that we have, we feel, it's a community (sighs) pressure. It's not just your parents. It's not just like you know my parents doing Mm. this blah blah. Just tell them about another black person that makes it, Mm. and see how happy they are. Mm. It's not a trust me. It's not about me. It's just they will be happier if it's from their own kids. You know what I mean? Because they traveled all the way here, but. When you when one black person makes it, it's for the entire community. Yeah. And that's why I am a little bit more compassionate yeah. mm-hmm. when when like I talk about my parents and the you know the pressure they have for me. The only thing I could say for my younger siblings and whatnot is that you make your own mental health a yeah. priority. <coughs> they mm-hmm. won't because their main goal is that somebody has to make it in order for the entire family and community to eat. You know, because once you do Everybody is good. Everybody you got everybody and so you make your own mental health a priority Then you know you're able like to for us to be able to understand our parents yeah. we have to understand that Like to a certain extent we have to understand that they've gone through colonization They've gone through you know, apartheid, like, whatever wherever you're from like black people We've never had a, a break, especially Africans. Our own home is not our home mm. The money that I work for here Once it goes back, it's going back to people that are not from Africa. Mm -hmm. And so there's just a lot that goes in, um, you know, to, like, for us, like, dedicating ourselves to, like, you know, this cause, blah, blah, blah. Like, when I think about it too much, like, it hurts my head because as much as I work hard and, like, I make it and, like, send back to the community, whatever, like, Africa doesn't belong to me anymore. Like, it's not my home anymore. And And so there's just so many things. Yeah.
1: And I mean I, I actually I wanted to challenge you on that because um, Me? yeah no no because you made great points but I think the whole the whole idea of like, you know, once I make it, we've all made it. And I think we get sold this idea a lot yeah. of times, but we, we need to understand that we live in a capitalist society. All we are is inputs. What's your value?
6: What's your value yeah. to,
1: to to our bottom line and you know who the hour is, it's not us, right? Yeah. And so but you you did you did make that extra point of like even more important than that is your mental health, yeah. is happiness, is um understanding your sense of self. Um and I think that's that's I think that's a to me that's a bigger priority than like I'm gonna achieve. I'm gonna make this money. I'm gonna become the next. I think then our priorities. Yeah.
0: I mean, here's the thing: your own values, your own priorities. That's why I said, Mm -hmm. like, it's up to you how you want to get to wherever you want to do. Because just because you're black doesn't mean you have the same uh, like experiences as me, or like same history, or like same desires or whatever for the people. Do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But like, if you do feel that pressure, that's where it's coming from. Is what I'm saying. Like the community pressure. However. You, like you said Jay-Z Jay-Z made it out but he made it out and then now he's thinking about his people yeah. it wasn't like that all the time mm-hmm. whereas if like let's just say my like personally what I would like to see is for me to be first First of all I want to be able to make it for myself because I am a, like a catalyst I'm, I am a human being who needs to make it in order to survive you know what I mean True. but at the same time not that I'm more selfless than any other person. I would like to create a platform for other black women that look like me because I know how it's like to be in the position that I am in. Yeah, right now. that's, great. that's great. So if you do have those values, doesn't mean it's, it's wrong, or I think it's wrong, but it doesn't mean yeah. it's wrong or right. But I do think, depending on your values, you know, you only have those values because of your upbringing. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna have values from like out of the blue your, you know, your beliefs, like, if your parents were, like, so hard on you, you could be like, okay, well, I don't care about you, when I make it, it's just for me, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, like, your values are there because of your upbringing, and your mindset, and how you want to think about it.
1: Yeah, so. I, 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 I go to mean, I, I just struggle with that a lot, because I think that, um with having that kind of mindset of, like, I just want to make it and all of that, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't get to the root of the problem, which, you know, talking about what we tell our children, mm-hmm. it's like, look, you're living in a place where you're different, you're an other, you're seen as lesser than, mm-hmm. and these are, like, deep generational issues and problems, and you're going to be traumatized because of it, because you're going to be... You know, ostracized. You're going to be made fun of. You're going to have, you know, people are going to spit in your face. People are going to push you aside, and uh, you're going to have to to fight with that. And so, you know, it's cool. You can make as much as you want. But that, at the end of the day, you know, what does Jay Z say in his song? You're still black, right?
0: Yeah. You know, like no, that's nigga
4: still
1: nigga.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, so how like how do we get to that root?
0: There's some people that rather be, like, what root? What I was trying to
1: make is that I think that we, we have to think bigger in terms of the generational um, aspect of um, being immigrant and, and, and growing up in, in a foreign society where we have to change the narrative um, of what we tell um, our children and future generations that um, above everything, above you know, the economic, um, the economic aspirations you have, above the pressure. Um, is that you have to make sure that you are prioritizing your mental health make sure that you are being, you're living happily make sure that you you go through that journey you take that journey of finding out who you are yeah. mm-hmm. um, because as you were saying you that you sometimes you internalize the pressure where mm-hmm. it may not even be coming from your parents of like I have to get straight A's I have to do this but you just you see what your parents went through you see what you um, what people go through where you're from and you you develop that pressure. So how do we change that's why when I say getting to the root, how do we change that? Um to tell future generations that no, it's not about that. It's about focus on yourself, being happy and living for yourself.
4: I think for me, you know, it's this. I think I love everybody. I for the first couple of years of my life, I thought my name was shut up because all I did was talk, and that's all people told me. <laughs> so I love human beings, and I love like everybody. But if I'm not. I'm not gonna front. There is something beautiful that happens when I enter a room full of black people.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't
4: need to explain
5: yeah.
4: my frustrations, my fears, my anxieties because a lot of the time it's just understood because it's shared. It's kind of universal, yeah. you know. Um, but I think. The more I get older, the more I realize how imperative it is for black folk, for black young folk to stick together. Mm-hmm. Black men, black women, LGBTQ plus black people, all of us. We need to stick together. We need to be able to understand that, like Ariam said, you know, I know Ariam said earlier that if one of us makes it, we all make it. And that's the kind of, you know, admittedly, that is a mentality we need to have, like, we need to, there, I, I know it's kind of humorous and it's said in jest, but. This no, these notions of like, oh, team light skin versus team dark skin, mm-hmm. or like these, you know, uh, East Africans versus West Africans. <laughs> like, it's, I know it's all in jest, but at the end of the day, we all know what we're going through. <laughs> we all f- understand what it's like when we look on the TV yeah. and we see one of us is shot down. Like, it's nothing. Yeah. We all get it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to understand that for those further marginalized, whether it's black women or whether it's black folk from the LGBTQ community, there are some of us that you know face intersectional issues that yeah. maybe a, a young straight black man may not have to face you know mm-hmm. or doesn't have to face at all mm-hmm. and so in order to start just I, I don't i wish i had all the answers but i, don't, but I think in order to start we need to sit together we need to encourage each other we need to uplift each other because if we don't we're not going to go forward mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's And I know for me personally,
5: like, talking about, like, just imparting, like, the right things onto the next generation, like, for me, like, I I already know for me, like, when I have kids one day, like, it's going to be, like, an intentional part of me raising them that they're around, like, a bunch of other black kids, like, and a bunch of other black people, and, like, you know, like, you know, the the stuff around, like, their their room and stuff like that, like, I really, really want them to see themselves And be able to uh, communicate and relate to people who are like them as much as like almost put them in a like uh, almost put them in an unrealistic bubble before they get sent out in the real world, so that at least in their head they have it set of they they have like a good idea of 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 who they are just just in and of themselves and not in comparison to like how the world wants them to be and stuff like that. Like that would be like a real like you know and. You know, like, you know, I obviously, obviously, like, I wouldn't overdo it. Like, obviously, like, it's important to be able to relate to people of other cultures and different creeds and different races, obviously. But, like, because out in this world, like, we just see so little of ourselves and that's starting to get better. But I wouldn't make that just a huge part of like raising my future kids it's just like it they're gonna just black 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 on black black on black on, black, black. on like just, <laughs> just, black just just make black. sure just make sure that it, they, they they really really get yeah. comfortable with that part of themselves before you know send them out into the wolf. So I mean we've
6: also like seen our parents like firsthand, like what they had to go through here. Like my parents again like they speak English and like even just seeing that barrier when they're talking to like a bank teller and then not understanding them mm-hmm. and like getting that frustration. So seeing how they had to deal with things just pushes me further to like get to a point where when my kids with me, like it's not gonna that's not gonna be something that they're mm-hmm. gonna have to deal with. They're gonna see they're not, I never saw my parents as a victim, but mm-hmm. I never, I want my kids to see it as, we're on the same level. Absolutely. Like I don't want there to even be this slight idea that, that I'm under mm-hmm. someone, yeah. right? So I think that's something that I wanna instill in my, ch- my childhood, they, they see color, but they also don't see it as being an impairment. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's something I wanna push. Um, I think for, to like wrap up my points is that, all I gotta say is like, make yourself a priority as a black person mm-hmm. we've been, as black people we've never been a priority and mm-hmm. that's why our issues stem a lot from trying to discover ourselves versus like what we mean to the community and things like that so make yourself a priority and it is okay to you know whatever your intersectionality is it is okay to heal yourself first before you make that bridge to be where people are at mm-hmm. or in order for other people to come to where you're at so heal yourself, I'm very pro-black people creating their own community and creating their own platform spaces, everything that is very black, I, I'm very, very pro for that. And so I, I think the message that I would leave behind is whether your parents are immigrants, whether your parents, uh, <clears throat> like regardless of what type of black you are, we all face similar, um, struggles, uh, but also very different in that they are unique to our situation, so make yourself a priority, work on yourself and be okay with working on yourself, then creating that bridge for other people So, yeah.
1: yeah, okay yeah. I think that's a great way, place to end the conversation uh, Thank you for tuning in to this week's, not this week Thank, thank you for tuning in
4: to this episode <laughs>